0: Professor Lyle White, uh, Director of the Academy of Life with Emerging Economies with a focus on Latin America. Good morning, Lyle. hope you've been well.
1: Good morning, Lester. Been very, very well. And yourself?
0: Very, very good. Um, We're going through a period where natural disasters are are, are somewhat, uh, you know, permeating many parts of the world. There have been landslides in Brazil where dozens of people are still missing.
1: Yeah, and, and, and as we know, uh, given the rainfall at this time of the year, uh, uh, landslides and flooding are not uncommon to Brazil, but I think exactly what you alluding to, uh, climate change has uh, really accelerated and accentuated uh, most of these types of uh, uh, natural disasters. So the number of people killed in landslide, in a landslide which hit uh, coastal towns in Brazil, Sao Paulo states, uh, a couple of weeks ago it 's about ten days ago the, the, um, that that number that, that have been killed has risen way above forty five now and there are more than uh, forty people still missing um, More than seven hundred and fifty people lost their homes in these uh, in these uh, torrents of earth and rock coming uh, loose and, and really uh, loosening up all their their houses that are of, they call them makeshift homes built on steep hillsides. And they could not withstand, obviously, the force of the water that came rushing down. We know it all too well because it's kind of a, a semi-informal type of settlement, which we know is the favelas that crawl over the hills uh, in, in Brazil. You know, more than 9 million people in Brazil are estimated to be living in areas prone to mudflies or flooding. So, obviously, climate change is going to have a major effect on Brazil. And we always think about the impact on, of climate change and things that we, we associated when it's Brazil. We associate with the Amazon. But we forget about these things, like the landslides and things like that.
0: And then in Nicaragua, um, that country has expelled hundreds of what they call so called dis- dissidents. There have been plenty of politically fueled uh, uh, protests, uh, particularly in Central America, but particularly in Nicaragua recently.
1: Yeah, this, and this is a fascinating story because it kind of it brings out uh, the critics of. Uh, of, uh, of uh, Daniel Ortega um, critics that are apparently on the same ideological side as him, and we always talk about these ideological divides in Latin America but a court in Nicaragua has just recently, last week, stripped 94 further dissidents of their citizenship, and among those are the, uh, which they've they, they declared in the traces of the fatherland uh, are award-winning writer Sergio Ramirez poet Iaconda Belli and the Catholic bishop Silvio Baez so very high profile people as well the 94 are outspoken critics of Ortega, who is in his fourth consecutive, ter- consecutive term in office. Uh, that speaks to democracy, doesn't it, Lester? But you know, uh, Judge Ernesto Rodriguez has said that the 94 had carried out uh, criminal acts to the detriment of peace, sovereignty, independence, and self-determination in Nicaragua. Uh, and this obviously takes the total, as you, as you mentioned, to well over 300 uh, that have been expelled in this month alone. You know, the Central American Office for the United Nations High Commissioner for Human Rights condemned the move and called Nicaragua to immediately cease this persecution and reprisal. What is interesting is the regional responses, as always. Lester, Chile, Mexico, Colombia, and Argentina have said that they would offer asylum to the citizens uh, uh, to the and uh, that were the so-called critics of uh, Ortega. And um, the overtures have been accompanied by condemnations of Ortega's actions. Uh, the first one that. Came out was President uh, Boric of or Boric from Chile, who called Ortega a dictator, and then obviously the Mexican President Lopez Obrador, he was more measured and said nationality cannot be taken away by decree alone. So, the, the the those that are on the left side of the spectrum with or with the so-called Ortega are actually outspoken critics of his right now in this latest move.
0: And then I've I've been seeing the story quite reg- uh, recently. Um, pregnant Russian woman, they're seeking citizenship. In Argentina,
1: yeah, (laughs) fascinating one because (laughs) you know Argentina, which is in a a kind of a perpetual state of crisis, often has Argentinians fleeing for Europe, but now we have Russians and pregnant Russians trying to gain citizenship in Argentina. More than five thousand pregnant Russian women have entered Argentina in recent months, including thirty-three on a single flight uh, last week Thursday. (laughs) So the latest arrivals were all in the final weeks of their pregnancy, and according this is according to the National Migration Agency. It is believed that the women want to make sure their babies are born in Argentina to obtain Argentine citizenship, and then obviously they, by extension, become citizens as well. The number of arrivals has increased recently, and many suggest this is a result of the war in the Ukraine. Uh, Russians uh, can travel visa-free to only 87 countries, whereas Argentinians have access to 171 countries visa-free. So I suppose that's one uh, incentive to uh, change from Russian to Argentine in your and, citizenship,
0: and during COVID and and the lockdown, um, that pandemic muted celebrations at one of the most joyous festivals, noisy festivals over the last uh, few years. But it's back. Carnival is back in Brazil. The music, the dancing, everything that goes with uh, hedonistic pleasure. I, I once had an invitation to travel to Brazil um, during Carnival time. I, I, wasn't able to make it, but from friends who've been, friends who've lived in, uh, in Brazil, but particularly in um, Rio and, and in Sao Paulo, it's an absolute jaw. Carnival is back.
1: Yes, Carnival is back. And, it's, um, and listen, if you get that invitation, take it up. It's definitely well worth it. It will change your life forever, as they say. But, you know, it's not only in Rio de Janeiro that they enjoy the Carnival. Obviously, that's the biggest one and the mm. most recognized one globally. And so this week saw the, or last week at least, saw the first carnival since COVID-19 restrictions were fully lifted across Latin America. And the parades across the region, and I think that's probably the emphasis and maybe something to talk about, uh, uh, across the region were referenced uh, all over the place. And so some of those, just uh, some notable ones. In Trinidad, uh, the dancers in a a United Nations-sponsored campaign reminded the audience to get COVID-19 booster shots, which is interesting. In Colombia, the newly elected president and first lady joined the parades in the streets. The carnival is a deeply political, obviously a social interaction, but deeply political or politicized at times. And we saw this, obviously, in Brazil, where Brazil, the Brazilian first lady, uh, they call her Janja Lula da Silva, uh, she, uh, uh, they, she served as the symbolic godmother to one of the Samba schools uh, that competed in Rio de, de Janeiro's official competition for the Best Parade. You know, the Samba schools are hotly competitive and, and they contest uh, these, these, these big parades themselves The Samba School or that particular one Included a reference to uh, Former Brazilian President Jair Bolsonaro In the lyrics of its anthem And in a sequenced script on a float Called Goodbye Capitan Or Goodbye Captain An, an allusion to, uh, to Bolsonaro's former army rank and his nickname So obviously as always In life mm. in Brazil it's social but it's always Deeply political
0: Samba, De Janeiro, I hope to go one day Lau White, really appreciate your time Looking forward to chatting to you next week